0: There goes the baker with his tray, like always, the same old bread and rolls to sell. Every morning just the same, since the morning that we came to this poor provincial town.
1: Hello folks, this is your host, Tammy Tucky, and you are now listening to the Tierra Talk Show. We bring you rare interviews with the makers of Disney Magic. Whether they be singers, actors, imagineers, animators, they have all made their mark on the Disney name. Be sure to check out the show notes, other episodes, contests, our social media pages from Facebook to Twitter, and more on our official website at www.thetierratalkshow.com. Are you looking to plan and book an upcoming Disney vacation? Contact the Tierra Talk Show's official travel agent, James from Destinations in Florida, by visiting destinationsinflorida.com backslash tiara for a free quote. The link is also included in the show notes on our website. All guest opinions are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the opinions of the Tierra Talk Show or the host. The Tierra Talk Show is not associated with the Disney Company. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And from all of us here at the Tierra Talk Show, have a hoop-de-doo day. A most peculiar mademoiselle! It's a pity and a sin,
2: she doesn't quite fit in, very different from the rest of us. This week on the
1: Tierra Talk Show, we welcome back our favorite segment on the show, which is called Cast Member Corner, in which we speak to cast members of the Disney theme parks from around the world. Now, to kick off this segment of Cast Member Corner, we're going to introduce the cast of Beauty and the Beast live on stage, the first cast of Beauty and the Beast live on stage, which appeared at Disney's MGM Studios and is still running today.
3: Hi, everyone. This is Galen Fox. And I opened the Beauty and the Beast live on stage show oh so many years ago as Gaston.
0: And I'm Andrea canny and on November 22nd, 1991, I was one of the original Bells in Beauty and the Beast live on stage at the MGM Studios.
4: And I'm Joy Anderson. I came into the show probably, I believe, in May of 92. So the show had been open um, about a half a year before I got in there and I was a dancer.
5: This is Jonathan. I was one of the um opening I was on the opening cast as uh one of the Cogsworths. And Scott?
4: <laughs> looks like we lost <laughs> him to the
0: Mardi Gras party. <laughs> Did we lose you, Scott?
5: <laughs> uh, Scott actually was uh, I'll introduce for him. Scott Perman was one of the uh one of the other Cogsworths that was um on the opening cast with us.
6: Hi, I'm Jeff LePouchre and I'm actually, actually um currently still in the Beauty and the beast show after 15 years now.
2: Uh, My name is Keith Wilson, and um, when we opened Beauty and the Beast, myself and another dancer, male dancer, we were the swing dancers uh, responsible for the seven male dance parks and show. We had to know all of them, and Um, know what to do and where to go
1: now this was a really exciting time for disney's mgm studios which we were kind of discussing off air and especially for the animation studios in california because they were reeling out these amazing disney films which one of them was beauty and the beast what was your first experience in joining this project
2: for me um i opened this um, bunch of us opened the studios in 1989 in the hollywood play show that ran for a couple of years, then we went into the next show. We just automatically went into American's Pretty or Hollywood's Pretty Woman and then we all automatically went into Beating the Beast. So it was we were contracted um, just for a year, but they could change shows and it just happened to change it into Beating the Beast. So that's how I became a part of that. I was already there, and they just put me into beating the beast.
5: For characters, it was a little bit of a different process. We had um, auditions that they did auditions um, probably about maybe three months before show opening. And um, which one thing that was really exciting that they took us is the characters over to the animation building, and they let us see like an early version of the movie. Before it uh, was released, we saw. In fact, the animation wasn't even complete at the time. They had the, uh, of course, the sound, the audio track. But during part of the audio track, it was just still shots of, of sketches and things. So that was that was really exciting.
3: Well, I auditioned for the show up in New York. Uh, my agent submitted me. Uh, for it. It was Disney's Beauty and the Beast sounds great. And they were looking for Belle, who's supposed to be beautiful and, you know, a beautiful young lady. And uh, clearly that was going to be beauty. And then they were looking for Gaston. And it said, oh, he's a big, strong guy with a really deep kind of voice and a masculine presence. And I thought, oh, okay, well, that's the beast then. So Gaston must be the beast. <laughs> so I went into the whole audition and everything thinking that I was auditioning for the beast. And I got a call back, and as I was looking over the music that we were supposed to sing, I was like, "Wait a second, this doesn't make any sense." And then that's when that's when I figured out that Gaston wasn't the Beast at all; he was some <laughs> completely different. Guy.
0: <laughs> Nothing like doing your research.
3: No, there was who knew?
0: I had been in Europe for a year doing Forty Second Street, and when I came back home. I wanted to visit some friends of mine that worked at Disney. I hadn't seen them in about two years. And so I said, in a phone call, I said, get me an audition for anything so I can write the trip off. And they were like, great, there's this new show, Beating the Beast, that's going on. I'm like, good, done. So I fly in on a Friday. This is the end of October, by the way, and we opened at the end of November. Um, I fly in on a Friday, audition on Saturday, get offered the job on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and um my vacation was going to overlap with the beginnings of rehearsal and so our director uh Judy asked us asked me she was like okay we will like to hire you as one of the one of the bills in the show what but i know you're from out of town what will it take to get you here and so i said well i can start rehearsals with you next week And then I'll fly home to Cincinnati on the 6th, get divorced on the 7th, pack on the 8th, and then pack up my life on the 9th. How does that sound for you? (laughs) And she kind of just blinked her big eyes at me and was like, okay, done. And it was history.
4: Um, I was in in the German beer garden show that they were doing a transition uh, over at Epcot. And then uh, I was placed
7: at Beauty and the Beast as a dancer. I had left the company in '87, and I was living out in L.A. and I really didn't like it. I wanted to come back to the company. I didn't really know what to do, so I made some calls. Uh, I followed the same path, sort of, as Andrea. I came back, oh, minus the divorce piece. I came back. I flew in from L.A. I flew in from L.A. I auditioned one day. By the time I got back to Los Angeles, there was already a message on my phone that I had been hired. And yes, we want you to do the Beauty and the Beast show, and drove back to Walt Disney World and 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 joined the cast. Then um, I uh, auditioned
6: actually six times to get the role. And uh, at the time, I was living in Tampa. Um, I had done a preview show at Walt Disney World before, and uh, contract finished, went to Tampa, and then uh, auditioned again. I'm, I'm still in it. I was full time for 14 years. I'm just a sub now, so I go. You know, as needed. It's usually like two or three, maybe sometimes four times a month,
1: so when rehearsals first began, did you guys play a lot of games to get to know each other and then go <laughs> from there? Cause, because it just seems like you guys are a big family.
2: No, I think we just jump right into rehearsing i don't i don't I don't remember playing any theater games or anything. I think it was like, here's the scene, go, here's rehearsal. And so I think the show was thrown together, and it was more of a Let's just put it together and see what happens and workshop
7: this. Actually, Keith, as I understand it, for the first time in Disney history with the Beauty and the Beast show, they planned on releasing the movie was going to open the very same day Mm -hmm. that we opened on stage. It was the first time they were going to try to do something like that. As with any show, you often have such a short amount of time to get your feet on the stage and make everything work. You really learn about each other through trust right then, right there as you're going through the rehearsal process, you're learning about everybody and, and you kind of become a family, you know, it's kind of like how they make a diamond, you know, you're under pressure and boom, now you're, now you're there.
0: I remember that when uh, Trudy already worked for Disney at top of the world and had already been cast as a bell. And we had mutual friends, very close friends. And they all said, oh my gosh, you guys are going to love each other. And we both thought, okay, now we're totally going to hate each other because everyone said that. And we remember, it's one of our favorite memories. We walked into vocal rehearsal with Jimmy Agnew for the very first time meeting each other. And we sat down. We were both so excited. We, We liked each other immediately and just bonded. We've been best friends ever since. But we were so excited. We sat down and we saw this huge stack of music that Jimmy put in front of us. And and we're both looking at each other like, oh my God, oh my God, I get to do this. This is so cool. Look at all this music. We're so excited to delve into it. And so Jimmy sits down, as dry humor as he has, and he sits down, puts his glasses on, looks at the first song and goes, yeah, you're not in that. <laughs> but that's Inside does that about two or three more times. Oh, yeah, okay, you're in that one. And at the end, we're only in two songs. <laughs> and then we learned them, like, within 15 minutes. <laughs> we kind of look at each other we're like, this is it. This
1: is all. <laughs> <laughs> we get the
3: two. Was it around 2001 or so that the show got a complete revisal, right? Yes, 2001. 2001. Yeah, I think yeah. the beginning of 2001. Yeah,
0: right. I mean, yep. our director Tom Vazana, actually put the story in order and brought the storyteller back to it, and it makes a lot more sense because in the beginning they were thinking of they were formatting it based on Disney s- shows that were shorter, just snippets of things, and Tom turned it into like a real story, story. a real show.
3: Yeah, it is. Yeah, much more and like.
0: Cats went away. <laughs>
3: Hey, bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, they made it much more like the Broadway version and the, uh, I think, the Disneyland version also. Uh, you know, they both really tried to tell the story in order, uh, just like the movie. Mm-hmm.
1: And you guys got to perform live for the, uh, well, maybe not live, for the Christmas parade. Uh, I think they, for the Disney's Christmas, they they featured Beauty and the Beast <coughs> that year, correct?
0: Yes.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. But I uh, hear they did a whole video segment of the show, which was really cool. And then I, I, I know for one year it was. I think it was just Andrea in a carriage. But throughout the years, we did do like the waltz or VR Yeah, we did waltz. Stuff. Correct. It was different every year. It was a little different. We were featured. We did it. Time
6: uh, one time we did it um, in the in the parade, and then we did also uh, a segment on Regis and Regis and Kelly. Uh, it was actually for Regis's birthday, and. Um, is that, is that, was that Keith talking there? Keith? Yeah. Melissa's dress mm-hmm. just knocked over the table with, uh, Regis cake on it. And then there's a little Mickey, chocolate <laughs> Mickey on Specially top. made chocolate Mickey that <laughs> some chef made. And, and then yeah. Kelly just grabs a little Mickey at the end. Oh,
4: look at the little Mickey's
6: head. And just, <laughs> the, the girl was mortified. It was just <sighs> like... It was just like, it wasn't there at rehearsal, so guess what? All of a sudden we show up over there and there's a big
2: table with a cake on it. So yeah, we were always doing, you know, doing some, you know, TV special little things here and there throughout the years, you know, for parades for Christmas or Easter or Kelly and Regis and stuff like that.
6: What's that show that I did, Keith, with uh, the Extreme Makeover, the home the home thing, whatever? Uh, uh, what was that? That show called, called
0: Extreme Home Makeover? Yes. Yes.
2: Yes. That's what I did. Yeah,
6: yeah but actually the girl, the girl was a, da- a dancer up in, I want to say like Michigan or something, whatever, and dedicated his, her whole life to like teaching and whatnot. Oh, that's right. Yes, and, yes. Yeah. And then um, they brought her over while they were doing her house and they put her on stage. She, she was literally two feet tall, and they had to alter an entire ball gown for her only for that performance. And they stuck her in the waltz at the end. And I was her partner. It was just like one of those things, weird things. But They took about 20 inches off because the girl was so short.
2: <laughs>
6: yeah. Just put her in the chip
4: outfit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite memories from the parades. I was lucky because as Belle, they, they let me do Christmas and Easter but uh, for Easter, one time they had Robbie Benson, the voice, the original voice of the Beast, mm-hmm. as kind of a man on the streets. And I got to get out there and dance with him on Main Street, which was amazing. And then we did a lot of conventions where I got to actually sing something there with him in a gorgeous gown in Las Vegas and got to look into his gorgeous baby blue eyes. It was mm-hmm amazing. And then yeah. when Oprah brought her whole audience to Disney that one time, I was lucky. Brad Sharp, one of our prince, princes and dancers, uh, we got to do the Oprah show when they did, Peebo Bryson and Celine Dion were there and they sang Beauty and the Beast, the pop version. And that was, my eyes are pretty watery in my picture of me in my gown with Celine Dion. I'm like, oh, Celine
4: Dion! <laughs> <laughs>
3: And Andrea, you and I did a neat show uh, in New York at the uh, Waldorf Astoria. Remember that? Yeah. We, got to, we we went up and we got to do a show with Paige O'Hara, the voice of Belle, and Jerry Orbach, the voice of Lumiere, Lumiere and yes. Leia Salonga. I got to sing it was almost it was almost, I think, the premiere of the song, A Whole New World. It
0: was
2: from
3: Aladdin. And yes. I got to sing it with Leia Salonga on top of a grand piano. I am that jealous. That's neat. <laughs> it was so amazing. And yeah. to be honest, the the
0: the producer Don Franz, um, I got, th- I've gotten to know him quite well, and now he's producer of Disenchanted in New York right now. Um, but back then, that what that he to hear him tell this whole story is amazing. That one gig we did, it was the gold medal presentation, and Michael Eisner was receiving that award. Kathy Lee and Regis were hosts, right? But it was after that gig that because it was all in beautiful gowns and tuxes. And Paula Pell, who's been writing for SNL for a long time now, right. she was the Mrs. Potts character. As soon as, like, we got back to the dressing room after Michael Eisner had already gotten there. And at that point, he it had already been up for discussion about doing Beating the Beast on Broadway. And he had pretty much scrapped the idea and said, don't bring it up to me again. And after that gig, he said to Don and to Chase Senge, the director, he said, now we can do Beating the Beast on stage. And... He had a meeting with the mayor at the time, walked around 42nd Street, and that's basically this one gig is kind of responsible for 42nd Street getting cleaned up, and Disney starting to do all these musicals.
1: And
2: you were a part of it.
0: And Leia Salonga's mom helped me do my hair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
5: God.
0: That's so (laughs) sweet. She and her mom were the sweetest women on the planet. They were so lovely.
5: Oh, that is good to hear.
0: What about the promotion photos? I heard there's
1: a lot of story behind those because they were taken at night.
5: <laughs> oh, I had a blast, actually. <laughs> it was very easy. Cogsworth costume is like a, a condo. I mean, you, you can just hang out in there. I used to, carry, you know, keep snacks in my pocket. Um, <laughs> but I was, was tucked in the very back. And, um, and, of course, they just had me tilted one, you know, had Cogsworth tilted one way. I, and the lights were so bright, and it was coming through into the costume so great. I was reading the newspaper. Actually, while the during the photo shoot, that was the, you know, nice. our, our equity got. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. we <laughs> yeah. yep. were interacting. There was some uh, they, they they had like a family that was brought up, you know, as an equity performer, you know, actor with a couple of kids that they brought in and interacting with Cogsworth. And there was a little bit of that, you know, had to actually do something there. But during the big scene where you see Bell and Beast dead center, you know, and everybody else kind of panned out afterwards, you know, nope, just inside, enjoying, hanging out. Reading the paper. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was it was so nice though when every now and then we got to do the show at night and it was so nice because suddenly it was like you know the real theater with beautiful lighting. I mean they yeah, had all this. Great I know lighting.
2: because during the day you don't see the lighting. At nighttime yeah. it was always fun to do and you know the capes would show up, all that neon orange underneath the capes would show up, and again lighting yeah. and the flames that they have, you know, after the everything. it was always. So much nicer to do a night show.
1: The show must go on for every show, of course. I spoke with Jeff a couple months ago about the spirit of Pocahontas because Jeff was in that, and Jeff and the and the cast were telling me how they had a Pocahontas less show. Now, has there ever been a, a Belle less show or a Beastless show at a Beauty and the Beast live on stage? And how did that? happen? We
2: actually did a Beauty and the Beast. We did a show without the Beast. I don't know. I don't remember how we did it. I think it was cut and pasted and spliced. But we did a No Beast show one time. We were just like. There's always a way. There's always a way. And um, (laughs) many, many versions of that show have been done over the decades.
0: We also had a No Bell show, but somebody had screwed up the schedule, I guess. And so they didn't have a bell. And so they kind of slapped, I think, uh, was it Tina Hart or somebody? They shoved her in a bell outfit and wig. And no, it was Beth Riggio, I think. And (laughs) she.
2: The yes, best she, yes, yes she,
0: like she did. Wave at the audience from the stage. I don't know, yeah, but my favorite do. story. I'm t- Trudy's not here to protect herself, so
5: Uh-oh.
0: I'm gonna do what <laughs> every good best friend does. I'm oh, gonna no. throw her under the bus. Um, there was one time when you know we were always learning since it was a new show, and at this point we didn't really discuss whether if something were to happen to one of the principals, would we replace them in the middle of the show. And we had Sarah Soli Shannon at the time. Oh,
2: God. She went on I to
0: Broadway. It. She's a wonderfully talented dancer and singer. She was an in-cast sub for Belle. So there was one day.
2: <laughs> 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 no, <laughs> I know the story. <laughs> I was there. Uh, I, I remember it <laughs>
5: yesterday.
0: When Trudy. Oh,
5: bless her heart.
0: <laughs> thought she was having a heart attack. <laughs> and she was trying to get into her gold gown and she couldn't breathe and she thought she was having a heart attack so they have to call an alpha unit and so they're like oh my god, they're panicking they're s- scrambling so they go run and get Sarah off stage as a dancer and they put her in they get her gown out and but Sarah is a blonde I mean like Danish blonde like Joy and they slapped a wig on her so fast to get her out in that gown that poor sarah comes out in the gown late the gown is on but she's got got like about 5 inches of blonde and then the black the brown wig on the back of her head and that was the and the that was the day when we realized you cannot replace a principal in the middle of the show because it's a bad show but the best part of the story is that poor Trudy's in the alpha unit in the in the back, you know, parking lot or parking area of Beauty and the Beast. And she, oh, she's, in, she's in so much pain and she finally rolls over on her side and all of a sudden lets out the biggest fart. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like. Oh, my God, I feel so embarrassed. It was just gas. And the EMT was like, oh, honey, don't worry. I've seen grown men cry over gas.
2: People are always tripping up and down the stairs in those ball gowns. Okay. The beer falling over, the parfait falling over, tripping. Uh, stepping yeah, out everything.
7: as Cogsworth, stepping from the wings as Cogsworth, and falling okay. down right at it's a guest, it's a guest, blah, 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 blah. And the dancers... Okay, <laughs> as, as Jonathan was mentioning before, the Cogsworth costume, not unlike a condominium, uh, it had a back harness inside. So I... As, as you wore the costume, you actually never touched the costume because you were wearing this backpack and the costume was on the backpack, the big box. So when I fell down, <laughs> face first, onto the stage... Um, I was suspended, not unlike a like what? like you might what? be in a hang glider, you know, like inside the box. I'm like, like not Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible, little <laughs> little little flipper arms trying to, and all I remember hearing was the dancers, all of you guys. It's where you have your spoons, and you're going to the left, to the right, to the left, to the right. You're running around the big table, and all I could hear was boom, 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 boom. Up your steps, like left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. <laughs> and nobody, nobody, nobody to, you know, nobody to stop. And I, I believe they drug me. They pulled me <laughs> off stage by my feet and then stood me back up and then I ran back out. All the other characters, you know, think- by that point.
4: We, Everything at one was, point, there was a uh, the blow up Mrs. Um, Mrs. Potts. There was a, a blow. They tried a new um, character with oh, the Potts. inflatable, up, yeah. uh, inflatable. Uh, and Michael yeah. Shea, Michael Shay, he was yeah. one of the first to use that. And he um he would go into Mrs. Potts, and he could make her mouth move, and it would just make all of them laugh because she would she would be singing. You know, be our guest. Well, speaking of Michael Shea, when he was in the regular
0: Mrs. Potts, there was one show. I mean, Michael Shea is, hands down, the funniest man I've ever met my entire life. And he fell over as Mrs. Potts. But his poor little scrawny legs were out to the audience. And his little legs were like, trying to get up. And so I'm doing something there where I'm like greeting all the the characters and so I thought I'm, I'm going to take the bull by the horns I'm going to take his by the ankles and I'm going to swing him around <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and the techs will come get him well right. that costume was a little heavier he might have been you know nine pounds soaking wet but that costume was a little heavier and so all you see is tugging 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 up for us the spots I have no idea how I got through it
5: what one of my favorite memories, and this is from um, Steve LaMontagne, Lord Lord bless his soul. There, oh good <laughs> Lord. The um he uh, played a little trick on me during one show, and it was he had hidden a digital alarm clock inside my little condominium, and uh <laughs> in between, and so he had it timed so that it would go off during the fight scene. He had he had it down to a T. He was a sharp man, had it set, and also in the middle of the show, I hear this. Do-do-do-do-do going <laughs> around my little my little foam house there and i'm like it's like what is that what is that i'm yelling. you know you can yell at each other and i'm like i think it was in the 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 fight scene i'm yelling at one of the guys i don't know who it was with i said do you hear that do you hear that noise <laughs> <I'm> like, no <laughs> it's driving me nuts <laughs> i couldn't hear it i think i Took the, you know, I think in between um, acts, came back again later. I still heard it again. It was still going on. I'm like, I couldn't figure out where it was coming from.
3: I <laughs> just didn't know.
1: You got to meet a couple of celebrities. You were saying that you got to meet Oprah and Celine Dion. What other celebrities did you get to meet as well? We, we have- had a
3: lot of people. Um, it was at the same time. I think it was like on maybe Wednesdays or something. They would, do, they would have a star at the uh, studios and it was on the same yeah. stage. Uh, and so, because of that, they were <laughs> a lot of people. I remember Betty White. I remember uh, June Lockhart. Michael Jackson mm-hmm. came and he loved the show. He saw it two or three times.
0: Yeah. I remember yeah, Sandy Patty would come to the show
4: all the time with her family.
3: Ben Vereen, I remember. Patty Dean Reynolds
4: was there. And uh, Donald O'Connor, I remember meeting backstage and finding out that he was a lefty and saw all of the dancers like myself who were more of lefties. <laughs> uh, we're very happy to talk to him about that. Wow.
5: huh? Yeah. Van I, Johnson.
0: Yep. When I was a kid, Mash was my favorite show and McLean Stevenson was a star. Back then it was stars of the week. So you got to we hung out with him on the on the breezeway and just chatted
5: and He was very cool. He flipped over a bucket, sat down on the bucket and just hung out and talked. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It was so nice. Yeah, it was really
2: cool. cool. It was a Star Day program. They were there for five days and we really got we got to meet and they had done that since the studio had opened. So even during Hollywood Hollywood Pretty Woman we I mean we met so many people Sid Sheryl so, again Donald O'Connor, yeah. Ginger and, Rogers it was yeah, amazing you could
0: see Ginger Rogers in the mm-hmm. F&G the Fred and Ginger rehearsal room which was mm-hmm. amazing wow
1: so besides Jeff, do you guys think that you could just hop back on stage and do exactly what you did a, a couple years ago? Not- oh. Yeah.
2: I could still get up and do the Diamond Horseshoe show that I learned back in 1987. Once I do a show that much, it's there. It's muscle memory. It's I was when gone. You start, you know, I, left, I left Beauty and the Beast in 97 and came back in 2000 and basically just fell right back into the show. I, wow. I was... For the music autopilot go if, yeah, I could jump up and get back into that show if I had to.
6: You have one of the best memories because you can remember things 20 years ago, you still do them. <laughs> it's a gift,
5: yeah. It's funny how the music will, will trigger when uh, Beauty and the Beast finally was made into a Broadway production, and they the touring show came to Tampa. I went to go see it, and it's just Funny how, like, uh, the musical cues. I think I zoned out during the opening number because it was just that's what I would do. I mean, like, you know, you go back and you and you learn, you listen for sound cues to like, oh, it's time to go, you know, put your, you know, get your costume, you know, on and and go on out.
4: And I think, too, you know, when you're a performer at Walt Disney World, um, one of the one of the interesting things, hey, <coughs> I, I did a I did an addition, I added up the amount of shows that are performances that I've done probably over my span at, at Disney, and it's. I think I'm in the 30,000 range, something like that. And <laughs> wow. um, Beauty and the Beast, when you've done it for years and years, it, mm-hmm. it's kind of like body memory.
0: Galen, do you remember when we timed how long Gaston and Belle were on stage? Because we were like, my role's harder. No, your role, my role is harder. <laughs> Yours was something. like nine-something minutes, and Belle's was 11 minutes, 14 seconds. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Now, could we go down the line and just see what what you guys have been doing since the show, since the first year it came out? Because I'd love to hear some of the other roles you guys have done at Walt Disney World.
3: Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I did. uh, Our first contract was only for six or seven months, so I completed that contract, and then you know they they offered me another one, but I went off to do another uh, job, and I worked at a bunch of theaters for the next three or four years. Uh, Then I came back in '95, and I was a singer in alfredo's the italian restaurant at epcot i did that for uh, almost seven years and so that's been the extent of my involvement with disney right there
4: excellent um uh this is joy um i was at <laughs> um, i was at beauty and the beast for two and a half years after that i went over to be an actor in street theater then i went to pleasure island and Oh, Actually, when I was at Beauty and the Beast, I, did, I was a Rockette as well. They I took a leave of absence to go be a Rockette up in New York. Um, I went and did street theater. Then I did the Adventurers Club. Then I did improv comedy at the Comedy Warehouse. Um, I was in the opening cast of American Idol as a judge. And I did Mulch, Sweat, and Shears. And now I'm at the Monster's Laugh Floor uh, doing interactive comedy as a cartoon. Oh, as a cartoon. Yeah, and I also did the bird show, the Flights of Wonder Show.
0: Yeah, for me, um, Beating the Beast, I did full-time four and a half years. And then I literally went from princess to gargoyle in one contract talk. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so I opened as Laverne in Hunchback. And I also learned Esmeralda, and I subbed that an awful lot at the same time as subbing Beating the Beast. Um, I also was in the original sub cast of Doug Live as Patty Mayonnaise. Too cool. (laughs) I love Doug. (laughs) Hey, you guys. Um, When I first got to Disney, Rodney Rodriguez let me learn the maid role as a sub at the Adventures Club. But then I did Hoop-dee-doo as Flora for quite a long time. I did Swing and Sing in Tokyo for nine and a half months came back and subbed a lot of shows, did Japan again two other times for Disney. When the island closed in '08, September 27th of '08, I started December 8th as a, an original casting director for American Idol Experience and left Idol to go back to Hoop-dee-doo as Dolly Drew, and I've been there ever since.
5: Let's see, right at Beauty and the Beast of the opening, I went also later and learned another opening of a show, Muppets on Location which was the second of one of the Jim Henson shows there at, at uh, Disney and Jim Studios. So I got to open that. Uh, went to France to open up that park shortly afterwards uh, in 92, and uh, as a lead, as, like as a sub-management position, called a lead, <clears throat> you know, in, in that. Uh, came back, stayed with Disney Entertainment for a while, also worked at Universal Studios for a bit, uh, doing Ghostbusters, and as an MC at Game Lab. And then, 95, I left Entertainment at Disney, and Began a long long process of doing different things in in guest service and operational type roles. Where I currently have landed now is um, I'm the secretary now. Currently out on a a temporary assignment as exec sec at Disney Cruise Line Entertainment. But I'll be going back to my home at the Polynesian Resort in about a month. So back to be secretary of food and beverage there. Which one event that I do there is every year I'm in um, charge of the annual hula competition where I like to perpetuate the Hawaiian culture and to use the hula competition as an education piece uh, across property on on um, teaching Polynesian culture, particularly Hawaiian culture. And we have so many people that are interested in, in joining and learning that it's just a fun event every time. And so I get to do that and MC the show. So that's a, a very good time.
1: Now, Scott left, so I don't know his backstory. Do you know his backstory, Jonathan?
5: A, a little bit, and Scott Perman, I hope you don't mind me me talking for you, but I'm so proud of him because he's taken a path that I really love to, and that's on the food and beverage route of things. Scott left. I think he went to Arizona, and he attended culinary school out that way and became a baker, and so he has come back to Florida, and he's got his own bakery. I can't remember, Scott, forgive me. I don't know where it's located but uh, he just – I've seen pictures of some of the things he does, and it's just absolutely gorgeous some of the work that this guy can do. And he and makes he just a just, lot
4: of dough.
5: He,
7: uh, <laughs> oh, that was
5: rich. That was rich. That's good. But really, really, I'm just – I think it's fascinating what he does, and so I'm just I'm very proud of him and what he's been able to do. And I hope I got that right, Scott. I know you can't – I know you can hear me, so I hope, I hope it did good for you.
6: <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm still in it. So <laughs> I mean, uh, but I do other stuff. I mean, I've um, I've um, opened the Dream Along with Mickey show uh, up in the castle in the midst of my contract. I did the Cinderella Bration show also. That was um, before Dream Along. I'm a uh, senior educator for Sephora, which is a big word for, you know, assistant manager at Sephora, where I do, I'm like makeup artist and all that good stuff. And um, I work at uh, also Kenneth Cole. Uh, I do valet part-time. I'm pretty busy.
2: Um, I started at Disney and I did the Diamond Horseshoe show at the Magic Kingdom and then moved over to the studios when that opened up in 89 and did the Hollywood Hollywood show, turned into Hollywood's Pretty Woman, and then turned into Beauty and the Beast. And I was with that full-time for a long time. But I was also lucky enough to leave and come back a lot. I would take my summers and use my vacation time, and equity leave of absence to go out and do uh musical theater out in St. Louis at the Muni, which is an amazing theater. Um, I left to go to Germany. I did cats in Germany. I left to do a national tour of hello, Dolly with Carol Channing, um, other Disney. I was on the inaugural cast of the Disney magic and also did uh, cats in New York. And when that show closed, I called up Disney. I was like, I'm done with New York. I want to come back where it's warm. And was it Beauty the Beast? Um, Up until 2008. So that was a lot of Disney and a lot of outside stuff. And it was amazing experiences. And American Idol, too. And American Idol. And uh, Hoopty Doo. I I did Johnny and Hoopty Doo also. And Pleasure Island Explosion Dancer. Oh, God, I forgot that. Sorry.
1: (laughs) It's so fascinating. All of you have amazing resumes, and I'm so glad you could join me on the show this evening. This was a lot of fun speaking with all of you on the show tonight. Before we leave our conversation, I just wanted to ask what word comes to mind when you think about your entire working experience for Disney? Fun. Magical. Family.
5: Gosh, um, variety. (laughs) It's really a noun, awesome. but okay. <laughs>
2: Friends. <laughs>
6: I say, do you hear me? All of you. I said,
7: quiet! If we're going to do this, then let's do it.